The scripture reading for today is from Romans chapter 12, verses 9 to 21. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking a zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you are heaping burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Friends, has anybody told you today that you're the beloved of God? Uh, You are beloved sons, beloved daughters. And that, that anthem that the summer choir sang, so beautiful, such good theology. Not only our, our love for our kids, all of our kids, but God's love for us. No matter what happens, God's love is never in question. And that may be what gets us through. The early church in the community in Rome was dealing with um, certain hardships, struggles, injustice, violence directed at them. And they were facing unknowns and anxieties on a daily, hourly basis. And so Paul's letter to them helped keep them focused and grounded, rooted in God's love, reassured that they were not alone and not alone going through these difficulties. This passage that Janice read to us today is so filled with wisdom. It's, uh, it's like drinking from a fire hose. You just cannot get it all in one, and I'm 
I'm going to be preaching on this same passage next week too. I today feel led to focus on just three things at the very beginning of this passage. Paul writes to the early church to keep them focused on who they are and whose they are. Let love be genuine. In the, the message translation of the New Testament, it is written, Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Let love be genuine. Do you know that a lot of people look at the church and Christianity with skepticism? Because they think our love is fake. Or they think our message is too judgmental. Or maybe they've only heard judgmental interpretations of the Christian faith. And they have not been able to see a genuine love. In all of the trips we've taken to Teze, we've brought over 450 youth from United Methodist Churches in this conference in New Jersey to Teze, France. And we've met youth from all over the world. And almost consistently, you know what youth say they're looking for in the Christian faith, in the Christian church? They want authenticity. They want it to be genuine. They don't want it to be just a message of rules or belief systems. They want to give and receive love that is authentic. Not just words. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Sometimes throughout the history of Christianity, Christians, we have become what is evil. We have participated in evil. We have compromised with evil. And people see that and Christianity is almost like a straw man that they can just blow down because it has no substance because we've compromised our message by being in collusion with evil for so long with so many different people and expressions of evil throughout history. And when friends of mine say, oh, the Christian church there, you can't believe them anymore because look what happened with, and they can mention any period of history and they're right. We've made compromises that have hurt our image and our reputation and have made our love seem inauthentic. Our love for all people, which God calls us to do. So Paul writes, hate what is evil. And in the translation of the message, it says, run for your dear life from evil. And then Paul writes, hold fast to that which is good. In the the message it says, hold on for dear life to that which is good. Friends, we may be in a season of our history and our life in the culture in which we live where we need to hold fast to that which is good. And let all else be doing what it's going to do, but to hold on to what is good, because that may be what we need to hold on to in the midst of the storms of life 
And God did not say life would be without storms. But the message of the incarnation of Christ coming to be with us is saying, I'm with you in the storm. I'm with you in the storm. So hold on to that which is good. Father Greg Boyle, who uh, spoke last week at Chautauqua, I had the good fortune of spending some time in conversation with him and invited him to come to Chatham United Methodist Church sometime in 2018, which we're, we're working on. Father Greg said, at the risk of sounding political and making reference to the conversation and debate about Obamacare, he said this in his speech at Chautauqua, he said, we human beings have a pre-existing condition, and it is that of goodness. That's a pretty good pre-existing condition, huh? We human beings have been created with a pre-existing condition, and it is that of goodness. Now, Greg Boyle is not talking about some pie-in-the-sky theology. He spends most of his daily life in south-central L.A., working with gang members, helping them off the streets into a bakery so that they have a job, giving them free tattoo removal so that their faces no longer mark them as a gang member and they can have a fresh start. He's buried over 200 homies who he loves. And every time he loses a homeboy or a homegirl, one of his homies, he says, and he says it with great love, he gets choked up because these are not statistics to him. These are people he loves. People who never got the message when they were kids, perhaps, that they were created with this pre-existing condition of goodness. And he is the face of genuine love for them and tries his whole life to convince them of their true identity as beloved children of God and of their true pre-existing condition, that of goodness. Friends, when we see goodness, wherever we see it, we need to shine light on it, we need to lift it up, we need to affirm it, we need to say to the people we see doing good things, I see you, thank you for sharing goodness because this world needs your goodness. When we see goodness given or received, we need to see it as a gift from God and see it, in fact, as God's handiwork. That God, for some reason, is okay with not being given any credit for the goodness. But we who look through spirit-colored lenses know that all goodness comes from God. So wherever we see goodness, let's give God thanks for it. This week I heard... uh, a report on NPR, Kelly McEvers, All Things Considered. Any of you listen to that? I'm going to try this technology. I hope it works. It's a brief story. We're going to listen to just the first three minutes and 30 seconds of it. Connected to just marking. Listen to this story of goodness that took place in a very violent and sad setting. Yesterday, there was supposed to be a rally of right-wing activists in Berkeley, California, 
but that mostly fizzled out. Still, thousands of peaceful left-wing demonstrators turned out singing songs and chanting, and about 150 anti-fascists or Antifa or Black Bloc protesters were also there, marching in formation with covered faces. And then a couple of right-wing demonstrators did show up. That's when Al Letson, host of the investigative radio program and podcast Reveal, saw one right-wing guy fall to the ground and some left-wing Antifa protesters start meeting him. I talked to Al Letson earlier today, and he said he jumped on top of the guy to protect him. At some point, when I turned to my left, I saw the gentleman, and either he tripped or somebody tripped him and he landed on the ground. When he landed on the ground, about five of the people uh, that had been chasing him surrounded them and started kicking him. And I saw somebody take a flagpole and really bring it down really hard on him. Uh, and when I glanced to my left, I saw you know, a mass of people just coming off the lawn towards this guy. And I don't know, I just, I thought they were gonna kill him. And I just didn't want anybody to die. And I just put my body down on top of his in the hopes that they would not hit me. Yeah. I mean, we have to say this, right? Like, some of the people who organized this rally that was supposed to happen that didn't happen um, are part of the alt-right. This is a philosophy that promotes white nationalism, white rights. Um, and you yourself, you're African-American. Like, what was any of that going through your mind? Or were you just like, this guy doesn't need to be beaten up and it doesn't matter what side you're on? Yeah, none of it went in my mind at all. What came to me was that he was a human being and I didn't want to see anybody die. And, you know, I've been thinking a lot about the events in Charlottesville and I remember seeing the, the pictures of a young man being brutally beaten by these guys with um, poles. And when I saw that, I thought, why didn't anybody step in? And, you know, in retrospect, it doesn't matter if he doesn't see my humanity. What matters to me um, is that I see his. What he thinks about me and all of that, like, my humanity is not dependent upon that. You're also a reporter. You were there as a journalist. You had your recording equipment with you. You know, we're always told that reporters aren't supposed to become part of the story. You know, what do you think about that? I don't want to be a part of the story at all. And I believe in all those journalistic ethics and all of that. But I also think that before that, I'm a human being. You know, I mean, this, this sounds really high-minded and maybe a little nutty, but uh, I am a huge NPR nerd. Uh, and many years ago, I was listening to Terry Gross, and Father Greg Boyle was on there, and he gave this quote that has just stuck with me ever since. He said, um, I want to live like the truth is true and go where love has not been found. And it's how I want to govern myself in the world. So when I get into this situation where the decision is, do you be a journalist or do you be a human, I'm going to put the journalism to the side and, and, and do the thing that feels right for me. How has this, if it has, changed how you think about these leftist protesters, these Antifa protesters? I mean, these were the people inflicting violence on this person. The interview can be found online. Hear that desire to go where love cannot be found. To see the humanity in people with whom we completely disagree. 
Hal Letson grew up in the Christian church. His dad was a pastor in Plainfield, New Jersey. And that's the gospel message bearing fruit. That's the gospel message being lived out in real, genuine, loving, prophetic ways. God is calling us for such a time as this to take this message of goodness out there. Sunday morning is not enough. Coming to worship is not enough. We need to make the love of God real out there. One of the ways we feel like the Spirit is leading us in this congregation and in congregations throughout the country is by putting these flood buckets together. Some of you may have received one of these flyers with the ingredient list on the back. We put this up on our Facebook page and over 2,000 people have viewed it. And many people are sharing it. People we don't even know, people I don't know, are sharing this with the greater Chatham community and with the community outside of Chatham to say, let's not just be helpless when we see people in dire need. Let's do something. And so... People are going to be putting these together and bringing them to our church and we'll be shipping them in the next few weeks. Most likely it's going to be months by the time this wraps up. I invite you to pray about how you can participate in this. There will be ways to put your own flood buckets and supplies together and bring them here. The more we get, we're probably going to have to do quality control here and make sure that they're all uniform before we ship them. I was at the farmer's market yesterday in Chatham. How many go to the farmer's market? I had this vision of us setting up a booth at the farmer's market and say, we're not selling anything. We're not promoting anything. We're giving you an invitation to help people in Texas. And here's the flyer. If any of you feel so led to do this, I don't know if this is just my idea. If it is, it's not enough. But if you feel led to do this, at the farmer's market by the train station next week or maybe in the coming weeks, let me know. Maybe it's of the Spirit, maybe it isn't. Whatever we do, friends, let our love be genuine. Let us hate what is evil and let us hold fast to that which is good. Amen. Amen.